Welcome, welcome, welcome to Tilt. Happy Monday, everybody. Or let's we could say happy Labor Day. But let's call it Miraculous Monday. We coming. You heard it. Nah, nah, we here. Big dog stomping. Winners always persevere. It's your boy OG, and if your first time joining us, Tilt stands for talking in layman's terms. What do we have in Colorado? A dynasty in the making. Haters don't have the words. Cowards in the corner shaking. Forget what you heard, remember what you saw. I keep it real and always raw. Miraculous Monday. We got some trees to shake and some non-believers to break. Let's go. All right, everybody. Uh, like I said, happy Labor Day. I'm hoping I can get this through this show today without being so emotional. Coach Prime delivered... 45-42 in Big Dallas with the whole world watch. Coach Prime is who he said he is. Let's liken it to Star Wars. He is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Shador Sanders is young Luke Skywalker. And they got it on Big D Saturday. And I couldn't be more than happy. No more moral victories. We won it all. We want the whole pie, and they showed you how they're going to get it Saturday. Now, I'm not going to sit here and think that Colorado is going to win all of their games. I'm not crazy. They light up front on the offensive and the defensive line, but those kids didn't give up. But we got a chance. We got a chance to build something out there. We got a chance to stop sending our kids, the colleges, to people who don't have their best interests in heart, who don't look like them, and don't know what the struggle is all about. That's why I'm so impassionate about it. But we're going to talk about it. Today we're going to talk about it because Coach Prime didn't let the naysayers and the haters off the hook. We tired of letting them off the hook. And it's not going to happen anymore, whether he wins or loses. College football, see what's happening. The good old boy network see what's happening, and you see what's happening. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Coach Prime and what he had to endure to get to Saturday. Let's talk about what he had to endure. First of all, which never came out until a couple of days before the game, it's not only the people on the outside saying he can't do it. It's people in his actual building. It's people in his building that's doubting him. He still came through. 40 players quit before the televised spring game. 40. That's more than half the roster. So he only really suited out about 30, 35 players when they had the spring game. Still sold out. Still put on the show. Imagine that. They tried to embarrass Coach Prime. Didn't happen. Then let's talk about the disrespect. They calling everybody else coach this, coach that. But you got coaches and some players calling him Dion. Like they have a personal relationship. That's coach Dion to you. Coach Prime if you're in the know. 
The pundit saying he's all flash, no substance. What part of his career was all flash, no substance? He's regarded as, if not the best, one of the top two corners ever to play the game. Yeah, his swagger is out of this world. But what part of no substance did he not have? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. All flash, no substance? Who? Coach Prime? Dion? Nah. I think you're talking about the wrong guy. And then, talking about Jackson State was like coaching high school. Well, he went undefeated the last two years in high school, or Jackson State, whatever you want to call it. Still couldn't get any recognition. Said he's saving his son like Shador is just somebody, uh, he's average quarterback. Yeah, that guy throwing darts on Saturday was not an average quarterback. And last but not least, the roster is the worst in college. According to Looking Bill, the, the, the pundit online, who had to shut down his page because after they won, yeah, the apology, yeah, that, that wasn't going to work. Let me have, oh yeah, they let him have it because he had to suspend his page. Yeah, we coming for the haters. Then we're going to talk about the players. This disrespect to the players. The HBCU boys, as they want to call them. The Macy, let me tell you about them HBCU boys. Shador Sanders, 510 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. You talking about that HBCU boy? Travis Hunter, 11 catches, 119 yards. No touchdowns, but he did have an interception on the defensive side. He should have had two. Plays both ways. That HBCU boy. Are you kidding? And then Shiloh Sanders on the defensive end. 10 tackles, led the team. You talking about those HBCU boys? Those HBCU boys you might be up for the Heisman? That's that's who you talking about? And then they came with the TCU was the runner-up in the national championship last year, so they don't have a chance. Max Duggan was the quarterback for TCU last year. Shador Sanders showed you what it's like when a real quarterback is operating against that defense. 510. He could have hung 650 on him if the boys hadn't dropped two balls. But, you know, all of a sudden now TCU has holes. They're not the national championship runner-ups. runner, runner ups. Make up your mind. Which is it? Which is it? And then you have to ask yourself, what exactly does this mean? What does this mean? First off, a, a dynasty is about to be built in Colorado, not unless he moves somewhere else. And if he does, it's going to be built if he goes there. Because now, like I said, we actually have somebody to send our kids to with character, with morals. And once again, like I said, he is who he said he is. Listen to me. He is... Who he said he is. That's a big thing. That's a real big thing. The playing field is about to be level. Like Dion said. Or Coach Prime. We are the show. They forgot that. Now in college football. All the pundits are in an uproar. Yeah. We've been the show. We've been the show. But y'all don't push our agenda. It's okay when they do it. But it's not okay when, when, when we do it. Yeah, and I'm talking about the black and white thing. Get in your feelings if you want. I'm just speaking facts. Just facts. 
I'm, I don't consider myself a racist person, but I, I call a spade a spade. And like I said, the good old boy network is in college. It's the same thing in the NFL. And the walls are coming down and they're losing their mind. Even better, the pundits, they better think real hard before you go judging something that you don't understand. First of all, Dion played 14 years in the NFL. So to think he doesn't like football, doesn't know football, is ridiculous. But there's the thing, not all great players can coach. He got the patience. Like he said, he got time. He's been coaching kids, you know, for 20 years. They know that. He's one of those guys who have the, he, he has the capacity to do that. Not everybody can do that. But they just want to run him in the ground. They go, oh, this, this is going to be a flash in the pan, whatever the case may be. But he kept receipts. And as you saw at the press conference, now Ed Water is one of the most uh, revered sports columnists in the Dallas area. He, he covers the, he's been covering the Dallas Cowboys for years. Dion put him right on the spot. Put those feet to the fire. Do you believe he didn't, he didn't have the words? Next question. Like I said, Ed Water is a seasoned veteran. Had to eat crow live TV. That's what's going to happen to you guys with your opinions. And uh, yeah, they, Nobody gave those kids a chance. And they didn't let them forget. Oh, and Dion was magnificent calling them out. But the kids were even better. Shador, you know what I'm saying, Travis, little uh, Dylan Edwards. They were better than Coach Prime. The let me just tell you, the politically correct era is over. It's over. Tired of being nice. Tired of being in the pocket. Tired of being in the box. Y'all asses are ours now. Get used to it. Like Coach Prime said, he about he about to get comfortable in this thing. This year is not going to be the make it or break it year. You know what's going to be the make it or break it year when Shador Sanders come back. Comes back for his senior season. Travis Hunter comes back for his junior season. And they actually have big boys up front. Yeah. Like you said, we coming. They here. It's going to be a problem next year. This team this year is not even going to be, like I said, I don't, I'm not even going to go down the line to see how many games they, they're going to win, how many games they're not. It's just going to depend on the day and the situation. But they're going to be a problem for a long time the way it looks like. They're going to be a problem for a long time. And the gloves are off, ladies and gentlemen. The gloves are off. Prepared to get punched right in the face. Black Eye University coming. That's all I got for Coach Prime. Love the weekend. Like I said, sorry if I got a little too emotional. But we here. We here. We here. Now, moving on. We're going to talk about the rest of these quick hits for for uh. Labor Day Monday, uh, and we're just going to start with the NFL. The Cowboys, didn't, my team, they didn't seem to have a lot of money, but all of a sudden, they inked right tackle uh, turn steel to five years, $86.8 million, 50 guaranteed. Jerry must have went under the mattress and found almost $90 million. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, Cooper Cup is day-to-day -day with the hamstring. The way it's looking, he's not going to make the start. For game one, uh, the way that roster looks, it's really not going to matter. Uh, so, anyway, we wish uh, Cooper luck in uh, starting for uh, game one. But 
This is 60-40 right now, according to uh, reports we're getting. The Jets, uh, Randall Cobb, gets fined for that uh, dirty hit on a New York player. Yeah, Randall, you got fined, but the fine ain't nothing. You don't have to worry about when you play those guys. I think it's week five or six. Yeah, they're looking for you. Uh, moving on, Jamal Adams, the safety for uh, Seattle, who got uh season was short last year. He's ruled out for the uh, opener. He's on the pup list, so he won't play the first four games. And then we have two-time Pro Bowler, Pro Pro Bowl tight end Kyle Rudolph. Uh, you know, mainstay in Minnesota for years, twelve-year career. He calls it quits after twelve years. Uh, congratulations to him. Okay, we're gonna move on to the NBA. Team USA loses to Lithuania one ten to one o four. And I'm not gonna be the one I told to say I told you so, but I told you so. Slow start, bad lineups, and really bad coaching. Steve Kerr has no inside presence. I mean, how did Josh Hart get a start? How did Josh Hart get a start? Brandon Ingram, for some reason, all of a sudden he can't hit the side of a barn. You know what I'm saying? Next game is a must-win for the for the quarters. I mean, what are they doing? These lineups are, are, Anthony Edwards is so frustrated. They got to stop with these slow starts because Lithuania showed the world how to beat this team that they actually have on the floor. You get the lead and then you make them play half court. They're not, their chemistry is not so that they, they can play uh, good defense at a, at a high level. And for the love of God, if Jason Brunson is not scoring, get his ass out of the game. Give me Tyler Halliburton. Uh, you, hell, you can give me Anthony Edwards at the point, he, or uh, Austin Reeves. And like the kid of Lith Lithuania told Austin Reeves, you not him. They not them. They just gave the world the blueprint on how to beat the USA. Inside presence, make them play half court. Imagine that. But I saw this coming. Hopefully they, just, just, they lost this day, game, they get it out of their system, and we move on. I'm still not incredibly sure they're going to win the gold medal. Uh, I'm not even sure they're going to win this tournament. But we'll see. More in football basketball. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is on a German team. Him and the coach flat out got into it. Uh, some coaches are still left in the stone age. You can't put your hands on players. More or less a pro player. More or less in a world situation. He's a millionaire. He makes ten times more than you. I mean, it's a team thing, but you're not going to talk to him. I saw the clip. You're not going to talk to a grown man, more or less a, a, a millionaire. That coach had lost his damn mind. And he told him, you're not, you're not going to talk to me like that. You're telling a grown man to sit down like he's your kid. I mean, he's, he's looking at you like you sit down. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But in, in the meantime, Germany uh, put the beat down on Slovenia and Luka Doncic, 171, with Luka. Supposedly, they want him to be the face of the league. They got, for lack of a better word, they got bitch slapped. And Luca was doing, being Luca, crying, missing shots, crying to the ref, missing shots. But he's the, the big star in Dallas with Kyrie there. And like I keep trying to tell everybody, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Luca Doncic, on his best day, is not Kyrie freaking Irving. You know what Kyrie got that Luka don't got? First of all, a ring. First of all, a bag of talent. 
Luka can't be stopped. Name somebody that can stop, really, really stop Kyrie. You know who can stop Kyrie? Kyrie. That's it. But yeah, Germany gets slapped. Germany, Germany slaps Slo Slovenia. And then Canada beats Spain. Uh, Shea Gillis Alexander, he's going to be a problem with OKC this year. They better pay this man. They beat Spain 88 to 85. Spain was ranked as the world's number one, but they're looking pretty bad this tournament. Uh, they still wishing for the days of Paul Gasol and his brother. Not happening. They're a little light this year. And, and, and when, you, when it comes down to it, you have to ask yourself, who's the real world power in basketball? I would think it's us, but after seeing that, I'm not too sure. Let's just say I'll be watching clips from now on because watching the whole game doesn't do anything but frustrate me and make me not like basketball. So, oh, good luck to the guys. I'm still American, so I want them to win. But, uh, like I said, good luck. Moving on to the WNBA, the Liberty Came the second WNBA team to get 30 wins behind the Aces. Two 30 wins in a season. Uh, probably looking at both of those guys in the WNBA championship. And then in WNBA finally showing a little class. Uh, when they get to the playoffs this year, they will not. They will have charter flights instead of flying commercial uh, for a better ride. You know, the playoffs, the, the back to back and all of that. The ladies finally got a little bit of comfort. I'm glad they worked worked that out. It should have been done, but <sighs> upper management, like the WNBA is, is horribly run. But like I said, at least, at least they're trying to figure it out. So hats off to the WNBA. Then we're going to go to tennis. Our girl, Coco Golf, since the world former number one home. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki was running through... Uh, Running through the quarters, uh, she took off a year, had her babies, came back, was killing people. But, like I said, Coco was going to have to do her thing, uh, or get out of the way, and she did her thing. Coco ranked number six in the world. She did her thing and got her out there. I mean, she did praise her up after the match was over, which I thought was uh, classy, but she did take her out in three sets. Uh, the world's number one, Iga Swatek, she falls to Jelena Ostapenko, she will lose her number one ranking uh, next week to uh, Arana Sabalenka next week because of a couple of matches she's dropped. So she won't be the world number one next week. I mean, on the men's side, you got three Americans with a shot. Uh, I mean, you got Novak Djokovic and uh, Carlos Alcaraz. They continue to cruise. Look like they're probably going to meet in the finals. But at least we got a shot. We got three Americans vying for uh, at least get in the finals. You got Taylor Fritz. He's only 20 years old, ranked number nine in the world. You got Francis Tilfo, only 25, ranks number 10 in the world. He's a brother, so yeah. Then we got Ben Shelton. He's only 20, ranked number 47 in the world, uh, also a brother. They next up, so we're going to see what happened. Uh, Tilfo and Shelton actually play each other. Their friends have never played each other the first time. Uh, just needs to say one of the Americans will be in the final eight. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, moving on to golf. Uh, the U.S. Amateur Golf Team. Uh, they, win, they, they win the Walker Cup for the fourth straight time. Congratulations to them. Then we're going to move on with a little bit of boxing. Uh, 
Earl Spence activates his rematch clause at 154. Word is out that Earl, uh, Earl Spence also fired his uh, trainer, Derek James. That 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 I would have fired him right after the fight. And the word is that he's going with Tank Davis's trainer. Mistake. Uh, Earl, you need to get on the phone. You need to call Virgil Hunter. That is who you need to call. I don't particularly like Tank. I really don't like his trainer, but hey, you got to do what's best for you. We'll see how that works out. I think it's a mistake. Also in boxing, Tank is scheduled not to fight one of the contenders for the belts. He's scheduled, they're saying he's scheduled to fight a Pitbull Cruise again. Now, I don't know what this is about because he you couldn't get Pitbull Cruise out of there. I guess maybe he wants to knock him out to show up his resume, but we start... Tank, you got to stop going around in these circles. You lose credibility every time you go backwards. The hottest division in boxing is 135 to 140. 135 being the main. You're in it. You put away your fat boy tendencies and kept the weight off, and you're in the mix. As you say, you're the face of boxing. If you really want to be the face of boxing, Sign the fight Devin Haney or sign the fight Shakur Stevenson. Anything less is uncivilized. And the, the fans are not buying it. They're not buying it. And I've been saying all along, you got two ass whippings out there waiting for you. You might have three because it looks like you're underestimating Pitbull Cruz who took you 12 and looked good doing it. Yeah, just think if Pitbull gets your ass. Where are you going to be then? Yeah, you got to stop playing it safe, bro. If you're not fighting for the straps, I mean, yeah, every, all sports are money-driven. You're not fighting for the straps or the prestige. I mean, you, you're, not, you're not doing anything for the, for the sport, but you're going to call yourself the face of boxing? Man, get out of here. Stop taking those meds. Uh, moving on. We're going to get into this college football here. We're going to get into this college football, what happened to your team. We're not going to dwell on it. I'm basically just going to run them down for you to uh, top 25. I'm not going to do this every week. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the prime games. But today, since it's Miraculous Monday, we're going to run down the top 25 for you. Uh, hope I don't hurt your feelings about your team, but I'm just here to tell the truth. Let's start at the top with number one, Georgia against UTM. 48 to 7. I mean, nobody's surprised about that. But here's the rub. Georgia had Georgia has a problem. They have no quarterback. They've got a guy back there with a bunch of five stars around him, and we don't know how he's going to act when the pressure's on. But we'll see. But as of right now, Georgia has no quarterback. Number 2, Michigan against ECU. Michigan is probably the most complete team in the country. 30 to 3. No Jim Harbaugh, no problem. They are loaded. Number three, Ohio State versus Indiana, 23-3. Ohio State also has no quarterback. You've got the number one wide receiver in the country. Three catches, 45 yards. Better get it fixed. You better get it fixed or Michigan is going to roll over you. And Ryan Day, you might be looking for a new job. Number four, Alabama Vince against Middle Tennessee, 56-7. No surprise, but also, Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. 
Okay, he, he can run and all of that. He had all day to throw. He's an athlete, but is he a quarterback? We're going to find out next week when they play Texas. Number five, LSU versus, I mean, LSU versus FSU last night. Well, I thought LSU was going to take the Seminoles to the woodshed. 45-24 FSU. Are they for real? Well, the Seminoles sure looked like it last night. And I'm sure Seminole Nation was holding their breath. When Coach Prime went in that Colorado, they had to get a win for not giving them that job. But they pulled it out 45-24 uh, in grand fashion. Brian Kelly was distraught. He needs a therapist. Then we had number six, USC uh, versus Nevada, 56-28. Five touchdowns by Caleb Williams. But you know what was the real tragedy of the whole thing? Nobody cared. You know why? Because them Buffaloes was on TV. That's why. Good job, Caleb, but nobody cared. Then we're moving on to number seven, Penn State versus West Virginia, 38-15. Uh, Penn is solid. They actually got a quarterback now. They, uh, they're they strong. They're solid in all phases, and they're going to be a problem in the Big Ten. Uh, number eight, that was, uh, FSU, uh, that was FSU playing LSU. Number nine, Clemson and Duke play tonight. Let's see what Dabo has, new quarterback. Number 10, Washington versus Boise State. 36-19 Washington. Like, I didn't know a lot about Washington. This guy, Pen, uh, the quarterback, Penix Jr., five touchdowns, 450 yards. He's a lefty, and he looks like the real deal. I was like, I was, uh, I was wowed. I was wild. I'm, I'm not, not going to joke. I don't know how good they're going to be this season, but they started off great. Number 11, Texas versus Rice, 37-10. I mean, you expected that, but Texas looked awful. All you out there praying for the Arch Manning arrival, first of all, Arch Manning is third on the death chart. The best quarterback on the team is their number two, but they're giving Ewers the, the reign because this is senior year, but... If Ewers gets hurt, don't look for Arch Manning to come in the game. All uh, calls on it is that he is not ready for the big time. Gets no bigger than Texas. But they saying he's not ready. He's third on the depth chart. Who would have ever thought? Then we're going to go to number 12, Tennessee versus Virginia. I was a little surprised at Virginia. Virginia is a tough, gritty team. Uh, they, they usually lose games late. 49-13. It was not even close. It was over after the second quarter. Josh Heupel is also building the dynasty down there in Tennessee. Then we had number 13, Notre Dame versus Navy. Uh, that was like Thursday, 42-3. They played previous. You had Utah against Florida, number 14, 24-11. They played uh, previous. Uh, Utah carried out the Gators with three different quarterbacks. Uh, the SEC is not looking that good this year. At number 15, we had Oregon against Portland State. Okay, 81-7 Oregon. That was bad sportsmanship. Bo Nix is a joke. That's all I'm going to say. Number 16, Kansas State against Southwest Missouri State, 45-0. That's all you need to know. Number 17, you know, it was TCU against those Colorado boys, 45-42. You know the story. At number 18, Oregon State versus San Jose State, 42-17. It was the return of Big Cinco. 
the Clemson transfer, five touchdowns. Looked like the five-star he was recruited out of high school as. So the question is, was it him or was it Dabo? I think it was Dabo. But, hey, I'm glad he got a fresh start and he looked good doing it. Number 19, Wisconsin versus Buffalo. Uh, uh, Fickle's debut to ex-Cincinnati coach is now the head man at Wisconsin. 38-17, Wisconsin, they look pretty good. Number 20, Oklahoma versus Arkansas State, 73-0. More bad sportsmanship. That was BS. Uh, Brent Venables, yeah, get that 73-0 out, out of your system because you're on the hot seat, buddy. You're on the hot seat. Just like Texas, those guys better come one come in one and two in, in the Big 12 or they're going to have new coaches going into the SEC. You hear, heard it here first. Then we had number 21, UNC versus South Carolina, 31-17 Tar Heels. Now, Drake May is as good as advertised. I thought South Carolina, I'm not a uh, Spencer Rattler fan, but uh, they had a lot of guys coming back on both sides of the ball. I thought they would win this with uh, UNC having a new offensive coordinator, but to my avail, they did not. Uh we're going to number 23, Texas A&M versus New Mexico, 52-10. to 10. They got off to a slow start. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, it's going to be a long year for him. They have college athletes uh, leaving in mass exodus because of the affirmative action uh, that they rescinded from the university. So it affects a lot of programs there. Uh, so a lot of the athletes are not feeling that, so they're leaving. So right now Jimbo's he's got his squad 52-10. Uh, Good job, but like, how long will he have those players? We're going to see. 24, you had number 24, Tulane against South Alabama. Uh, they beat USC in the bowl game last year. 37-17, Green Wave. Green Wave, they rolled. And then finally, the top 25, we had Iowa versus Utah State. 24-14, steady Iowa, steady as always. Uh, that's the top 25. We're going to give a couple of upsets you may or may not heard about. Baylor, uh, you know, my daughter's a Baylor alumni. Shout out to Trinity Plummer. Uh, we're part of the Baylor family. But Baylor loses to Texas Texas State at home. It's simply this. All of Matt Rule's players are gone. The guy that's the head coach now, these are his players. They lost at home. Not a good look. Texas Tech also loses to Wyoming in overtime. Uh, Tech has rebuilt that thing, but still... They lost in overtime. It was, it was a good game, but they still came up short. More news. Jackson State loses to FAMU. They got destroyed. 28-10. Yeah, the prime era is really over. Really over. And it's, it's kind of weird because, like he said, Prime said he set that team up for the next two years. Uh, come on, TC. You got to do more over than talk about it. You got to be about it. We, we're still rooting for you. Come on. And an in-state HBCU, we had PV beating TSU at home. And TSU is not happy about that. It's just not. Okay. More on the Buffaloes. First, like I told you about the disrespect of Dion. Now we're going to do the disrespect of his son. He was the, he was the reigning HBCU player of the year. But when the polls started, top 25, he was not ranked as a quarterback. 
They were saying, you know, could he handle the speed? His dad is one of the best corners ever to play the great game. He's a Hall of Famer. Don't you think he knows what the speed is? If Deion coached him, don't don't you think he knows what pro speed is? And people don't know that Deion Sanders was a quarterback in high school. He played cornerback on defense, but he was an all-state quarterback also. So he knows what he's doing. But I'm just going to go through the top 10. Your top 10 last week and their quarterbacks to see if he's better than any of these guys. Let's start with Georgia. Georgia quarterback. Is Shador Sanders better than a Georgia quarterback? Like I told you just a few minutes ago, Georgia doesn't have a quarterback. So that's a yes. Uh, Michigan, do they have a quarterback? Yes, they do have a real, really good quarterback. Is he better than Shador Sanders? No. Moving on. Number three, Ohio State, don't have a quarterback. Hell yes, he's better than those two guys that they have. Fourth, you got Alabama, the guy that's quarterback. He's an athlete, but he's not a quarterback. So, yes, he's better than him. Number five. LSU's quarterback, is he better than him? Yes, he's a better pocket passer. This guy's an athlete, and he has an arm, just like Shador's. But if I was picking between the two, I'd still take Shador. Number six, USC. Right now, he's not better than Caleb Williams. I'm just saying from an athletic standpoint. Caleb can do everything. I mean, he can run. Shador can run, but he's not going to. He's going to surgically pick you apart. But if I was picking right now, yeah, I'd take Caleb Williams over 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 Shador, but he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Okay, then we got Penn State's quarterback. No way, first year starting, not better than Shador. Number eight is Florida State. This Travis kid is an athlete, but he's all over the place. They're not the same caliber. Shador is a couple of levels above him. This guy won't sniff the pros, not unless he's playing another position. At number nine, we got this kid from Clemson that dabbles so high on. But without players around him, he's not going to do anything. He's not better than Shador. And finally, uh, we got Penix Jr. at Washington. Yeah, I'm going to have to see Penix play a little more. But right now, I would just put him as a tie. Is that They both have the wow effect. Uh, but I haven't seen enough of Penix uh, to, to say that Shador is better than him. So I'm just going to call it a tie right now. And then, we're going to go over to the Pac-12. Well, where he wasn't ranked in the own conference. Reigning HBCU player of the year, you know, like that doesn't mean anything. He was not even ranked in the Pac-12. And I started going down the list. Let me go down the list and let me show you what I mean. At number one is Caleb Williams. Like I said, he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And right now, yes, I will take him over Shador. Number two is Bo Nix in Oregon. Let me make this clear. Hell no, I wouldn't take Bo Nix over... Shador on any day of the week and never on Sunday because if he makes a pro team, football is a scam. Yes, he's that bad. I've seen too much of him at Auburn uh, uh, and at Oregon. Like their coach said, who did Colorado play? Well, who the hell have y'all played? The games you were supposed to win, he actually has two big front lines. Bo Nix is terrible. So no on that. At number three, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Like I said, right now it's a tie because I haven't seen enough of him. Number four, they have Utah Cam Rising. Hell no. He plays at Utah. He's pretty good, but he's not better than Shador. And then, out of nowhere, after not being ranked all year, there's Shador Sanders at number five. Now they recognize. He had to go out and hang 5'10 
on an FBS ranked team to get some recognition. But if you watch the damn tape, it wasn't hard to see. It's still not hard to see. Oh, well, they got to have tape on them. You've got two years of tape on them. You really got, what, seven? Because you watched them play high school. Funny, guys. Funny. But we're going to move on to that. Going to try to get you guys out of here on the holiday weekend. Going to go to baseball. Uh, ramping up right now. We're going to check the... Um, we're going to check the standings. We're going to go uh, American League East. The Orioles are still two games up on the Tampa Bay Rays. The Yankees are one game uh, under 500. They made a little little, little run. Uh, will it be enough to get them the wild card? I don't think so, but they're looking better than they were. Still holding up the basement in the AL East. The AL Central, we got the Twins. They're five games up on Cleveland. And then we have the AL West. We have the Mariners that are one game up. On the Astros and the Rangers. That's going to be a tight division. Moving over, over to the NL. The NL East. The Braves 15 games up on Philly. Philly's also chasing the wild card. Uh, the NL Central. It's the Brewers. Three and a half games up on the Cubs. Clubs have uh, been playing phenomenal lately. Uh, Cody Bellinger. The ex-Dodgers killing the game right now. And in the NL West. You have the Dodgers. Four and a half games. 14 and a half games on the, up on the Giants. And the Diamondbacks. There you have it. The races. Uh, October. I mean, uh, the playoffs start next month. So, we'll see how it shakes up. But the stats. Uh, Louis Arise still the batting champ at 356. As I've said on numerous shows, the quest for 400 is over. You got Matt Olson and uh, Shohei Otani. Both with 44 home runs to lead the league. Matt Olson is your RBI leader with 113. Spencer Strider, the 16-game winner in most games in baseball. You have Blake Snell with the 2.50 ERA, best ERA in the game. And you have Emmanuel Class, 37 saves, uh, leading Major League uh, Baseball. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Let me give a couple of shout-outs. Uh, first, I want to give a shout-out to Buff Nation. They believed. They got a job done. Like uh, Coach Prime said, we are here. I want to give a shout-out to my cousin, Samantha Small, a.k.a. Sunshine. Her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday to her. I also want to give another shout-out to my cousin, Linda Gordon. Her birthday also was yesterday. So if you see these people out and about, wish them a happy belated. Also today, I want to give a shout-out to my man, Corey. Uh, Corey Thomas, happy birthday, cuzzo. Everybody knows Corey, so if you see him today, wish him a happy birthday. And I want to give a shout-out to my big bro, Brett Mays. Uh, it's his birthday today. Uh, also, congratulations to Brett on retirement. Good luck, bro. I want to, I want to give a shout-out, special shout-out to all the haters. Because without you haters, we wouldn't know how special we are. As always, it's your boy OG, and I'm O. U-T.